Welcome to In Their 20s, a podcast for people in their 20s. Today, we spoke with Simon Squibb, a successful entrepreneur based in the United Kingdom. One of his biggest wins, Fluid, was a marketing company that he sold to PwC in 2016. There's so much great advice in our interview about Simon's professional journey and personal advice for people in their 20s. So let's jump in to hear his advice for people in their 20s. Just to give you a brief explanation, Uh, For the past year, I've been interviewing influential business leaders, celebrities, and all-star athletes to talk about their 20s. So you're joining a very exclusive list of awesome guest speakers. Uh, We recently interviewed Ev Williams, co-founder of Twitter, Jason Calacanis, angel investor, uh, Tim Hardaway Sr., uh, who's NBA all-star, played alongside Michael Jordan and also against Michael Jordan, Um, Beto O'Rourke, who ran for president last year. So, you know, we've just been trying to extract the best advice for 20-somethings during a very turbulent time. I understand, you know, we're all going through a lot right now. There's a lot of uncertainty uh, with the pandemic on a global level, but I just noticed this general trend of a lot of people in their 20s, my peers and friends were just searching for answers to their questions, Um, you know, the correct path they should be taking right now. There's just, again, so much anxiety. So I said, okay, why not interview people that have really done amazing things and just found success in her own way, um, wide array of industries, and just again talk about their personal advice for twenty somethings. Sounds good. I'm yes. ready. Perfect. So Simon, to begin, I'd love, and we do this for um, our episodes. Would love to just get your name, where you're from, where you're calling from as well, um, and just a quick bio about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, my name is Simon Squibb. I'm presently based in London. I grew up in Cambridge in England and spent 20 years of my life in England and 20 years of my life in Asia. I spent the last 20 years in in Hong Kong and I uh, retired at 40 years old and moved back to London from Hong Kong and and, uh, initially became a full-time father. I now have a a three-year-old and when the pandemic hit, I was reading about two things. One, how the pandemic was going to affect particularly young people in their ability to find a job. And then I was also reading about the effect of technology and how it's going to displace so many people that would otherwise have got a job um, and how technology is going to change how we go to work. And it struck me that I needed to do something to make these two potentially negative things a positive thing. And my positive twist is that don't wait for a job, create one for yourself. So I've started a philanthropy project called The Purposeful Project with a mission to help 10 million people start a business of their own and not let technology disrupt them, not let a pandemic disrupt them and allow people to find their purpose and do what they love every day. And so that's what I'm on a mission to do now, help people who want to start a business do that, those that have a business succeed. And, and uh, that, that's my mission today. I love that, Simon. So let me just extract a few things that you said there. First off, I totally agree uh, with everything you said about job displacement. The jobs that exist today uh, necessarily may not look the same or exist even in the next 5, 10, 15 years, which is really scary to think about. Um, So I love that you are just so focused on helping entrepreneurs right now um, create businesses for themselves. And I've noticed that is a common theme um, of a lot of the 
um, a lot within your professional journey. You know, you've really been focused on helping entrepreneurs. Uh, so before we get to that area of your life, you know, the passion you have for helping entrepreneurs, I'd love to talk about entrepreneurship, your relationship with entrepreneurship. When did you first fall in love with entrepreneurship and kind of walk us down the first experience you had as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, they knew they were an entrepreneur from a young age and they were selling lemonade at seven outside their house. And I, I don't think I was like that necessarily. I was a pretty average student at school. I, I also didn't have this kind of, a, I hated school mindset. I felt, I looked back and realized that school was inadequate. I think it is today very, very inadequate, but I didn't know that at the time. I, I quite enjoyed the social side and I did okay at school. Um, and then a dramatic event happened to me. Um, sadly, suddenly my father died of a heart attack um, when I was 15 years old, he was 56. And um, three weeks after my father died, I fell out with my mother and she kicked me out of home. So suddenly I went from, you know, having a big family, got three brothers living at home. Uh, I guess, you know, I was asked when I was 14 years old, what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I said, a lawyer, you know, and so I had this secure family environment. And then next thing you know, uh, my father's gone. I'm homeless. I'm on the street. And suddenly a whole new world is, is put in front of me and I didn't know what to do. And then something weird happened. My brain, a muscle in my brain woke up. I call this the entrepreneur muscle. And due to the need to survive, I discovered entrepreneurship. I discovered the concept of entrepreneurship and basically it manifested itself in this concept that you have an idea in your head and you can make it real. And I um, needed money and I didn't want to go into the social system, which was one option where I was just given money, but I could not work. And so I fought against the social system. And instead, my brain said, there's a house over there and it's massive. And if you look, Simon, their garden is really messy. That doesn't make any sense. They've got a very valuable house and a messy garden. Something's wrong there. Why don't you knock on the door and ask them if you can take care of their garden? They've probably got money to do it and you're willing to do the work. So I did, I knocked on that door. I said, hi, my name's Simon Squibb. I've got a gardening company and I would like to take care of your garden. And they believed me and they said, sure, how much do you charge? I said, 250 pounds. They said, sure. And I walked away with a client and income. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do this again. And I did it again and again and again. And that one day I knocked on 110 people's doors and 11 people said, sure, yes, we'll give you the work. I created a business from my head to reality in a day. And from that moment on, I have never looked back. I have had huge successes and huge failures, but I fell in love with entrepreneurship, this idea that you can have something in your head and make it real within a, you know, 24 hours. And so, yeah, so, you know, no one's born anything to my take on it. No one's born a doctor, no one's born a lawyer. If you wanna be a doctor, you need training, right? You need guidance, you need help. Um, and what type of doctor do you want to be? Because there's 50 different types. Same with entrepreneurship. There's no one profile. They might be the famous ones you know, so therefore you think all entrepreneurs are loud, but that's not true. So, so yeah, so that's my relationship with entrepreneurship and that's how I got into entrepreneurship. And, and that, yeah, that's my story. I think that's so powerful. I love, love, love the gardening story. It's almost like a fake it till you make it uh, mentality. I really think that's powerful. 
Um, and, you know, I think that so many 20 somethings, just young people through desperation, you know, comes these really powerful things that we get involved with. So I love that that is your story into entrepreneurship. Um, you really turn something so negative into a positive and of course was able to change the trajectory of your life. And speaking of big wins, I'd love to talk about fluid. Um, I'd love for you to just give the audience, you know, a quick overview of what fluid is um, and, you know, how you led to success there. Sure. Well, um, I've had 19 companies in total in my career that I have started. 13 of them I've started with no money. Interestingly enough, the ones I've started with no money have been the most successful. And I, uh, one of my recent successes, I guess, is a company called Fluid. It was the largest independent creative agency based out of Hong Kong. Um, and in 2016, I sold it to PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, for more money than I'll ever need. And uh, that, that business was, there's so many interesting things about building that business. First of all, the day I started it, everybody said to me, no one needs this service. No one cares. Um, people are already doing it. Um, you've got competition, um, blah, blah, blah. But what I had that I think they, that, that people didn't realize is that I had a passion for doing the business. I love creating marketing campaigns. I love helping businesses do well and no one could match our passion for that mission. And so, um, yes, we had competition. Yes, we had well-funded competition, but they didn't win, we did, uh, because we were passionate and we had purpose. So, yeah, I'm very proud of building that company up. I built it up from my front living room into this really you know, successful business. I did not do it on my own, important to highlight. No one can build a business on their own. We all need help. I think the strongest people on this planet ask for help. And so I, um, I got a lot of help along the way. One of the key partners in, in that business was a lady called Helen Griffiths. She was a designer. Without her, the business would not have worked. But, um, but yeah, so that, that's Fluid. Fluid is now part of PwC. And um, I, I'm very proud of that business. But it, it's given me, but I had many failures as well along the way. Fluid was one of my companies that was successful. So that's the one that always gets into the headlines. But, but I've had many failures that I'm equally proud of. Of course. So two things I want to um, pivot with, um, you know, the questions with this response. First off, a lot of people that we've interviewed, I, I've noticed this, uh, um, you know, common theme where, you know, they had so much hate or just, you know, a lot of people in their inner circle would tell them not to follow a certain passion. Um, you know, they wouldn't find purpose from doing this. They wouldn't find success from doing this, but they really pushed forward and of course became the best poets of the country or, you know, different, these just was, were able to tap into these different industries and do super well, uh, whether it's entrepreneurship, creative um, thinking, um, sports even. So my first question is, how do you, as a 20-something, push through that? You know, so many people telling you, don't do this, don't follow this, um, these haters, quote-unquote. How do you push through that? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different elements to this. Again, I, I caveat with, this is what worked for me. It doesn't mean it will work for you, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that there is, it's important to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. There's a reason that places like Silicon Valley do so well it's because you're surrounded by people that are failing all the time. Therefore, you don't mind failing. You don't mind trying. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people that are going to love you no matter what. And I, I, I think it's important to have people that will also you know, be honest with you and give you feedback. But I think that's very different from planting seeds of doubt in your own abilities, for example, or putting their own weaknesses and fears on you. 
And, and I, 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 would, I would then say, once you've got the people around you sorted, the right people around you, I think the other thing is, is sometimes to be clear on your own vision. And, and, and no matter what people say, so when people were saying to me, Simon, there's so, you know, so many people doing what you're doing already, there's so many. I'd be like, good, it proves there's a market, right? So it's always like, basically always looking at the positive side of the negative comments. If there's lots of people doing it, it means there's a market, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so anytime someone would say, oh, you're not going to make any profit, you might be right, let's see. And then when we did make profit, it was a bonus, you know? It's kind of like playing on people's negative thoughts and seeing them as almost like fuel for your rocket ship um, is how I, how I sometimes view it. That's powerful. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that that's my basics. I think that it's a very complicated subject how to ensure that you push through the naysayers, but it comes, I think, from an inner hunger. I think this is very important to build up your inner hunger. And sometimes you can build up your inner hunger by having enjoyable small meals. You know, I, th I think too often, uh, too often people want, you know, they want the big hit, right? They want the big success straight off. But I think the power comes from setting yourself small goals. Like when I was, you know, when I was homeless and had no money, you know, just having a good meal, you know, like being able to afford a McDonald's that if I could make enough money to have a McDonald's and I hate McDonald's now, by the way, so I don't want to be promoted. McDonald's. <laughs> conceptually, I could, I could afford to have, you know, a, a meal that tasted good. Uh, then I was a success to other people. They're like, Simon, you know, you don't have a job of a prestigious brand or you don't have a fancy business card or you don't own a home yet, you know, like you don't have a nice car. I didn't care about any of these things. I just wanted a nice meal, you know? And so sometimes I think it's just paring it down to what matters to you. And once you know what matters to you and you're delivering on that, forget everybody else's limiting belief systems. Don't let their limiting belief systems define you. Of course. No, I think that's super powerful, Simon. So thank you for breaking that down. And my second question to that now, all, out of all the entrepreneurs you've worked with, because I know you've worked with hundreds to really help these entrepreneurs create sound businesses for themselves, what are some common traits you've seen? Um, whether it's you know difficulties dealing with failure um, or making mistakes, or you know just even if we're really getting specific, you know how to find product market fit. You know if you are building a startup, what are some common things that you see um, through working with entrepreneurs? I think a lot of entrepreneurs that succeed are incredibly lucky. I think luck plays a huge, huge role in anybody's success. Now, I feel like when I say that, a lot of people get offended. You know, if someone says to me, Simon, you were lucky. You know, it's almost like, hey, no, you know what? I went to Hong Kong in 1997 when everyone else was running away and scared to go there. I took risk and lived in my office. You know, I didn't pay rent. I didn't pay mortgage. I didn't do what everyone else said I should do. I, I went and slept in my office. It wasn't prestigious. It wasn't cool. But, you know, but I can, I can fight back right? But the truth is I was lucky, right? This, if I look at my moments in life, they were very, and everybody that's ever been successful, they're being honest, this is the truth. There's always like the one second away from bankruptcy and one second away from being successful. You can go either way. You know, COVID's a good example. That hits, you know, some businesses it's helped boost. They didn't plan it. And other people's businesses are completely destroyed. They didn't plan it. You know, and so people always say the harder you work, the luckier you get. That is a lie as well. That is not true. Some of the most successful people I know are paced. They, they work smart, not hard. You can't survive long term if you work hard. In fact, I know a lot of people that follow that mantra, you know, work hard, work hard, work hard. They, they kill over. 
you know, and, and then what? Two or three years of repairing your health. You can't work at all. If you're lucky, if you can repair your health. So, so I, think, I think luck plays a huge role in people's success. It's an underrated element of life. And I, I've actually come to a conclusion that there are two types of luck in everybody's lives. 2% of your life is random, complete random luck. Nothing you can do about it. Where you're born, for example. Nothing you can do about that. And it affects your life tremendously where you're born. And then the second element of luck, the 98% of your life, is luck that you can actually influence. But it's not about hard work. It's about, and this is the trait I see of all the people that you know, I interview my podcast, but have worked with over the years, invested in. I've invested in 69 startups. You know, I've seen every type of entrepreneur there is. And these are the traits of the ones that win. One, they're persistent. They do not stop. Two, they know their destination. They know where they're going. They know why they're going there. And then finally, and probably the most important, is that they take a lot of risk. And risk, I mean, the, the saying should be, Instagram always gets the quotes wrong, if you ask me, people post it. <laughs> the harder you work, the luckier you get is alive. But what is true, and what is a better quote, is the more risk you take, the luckier you get. And, and risk is linked to fear. And it turns out, and I, and I have this trait, those that do really well actually enjoy fear. We lean into it. Fear is an asset. It was actually given to us as a skill. Originally, a lion's coming towards us. We feel fear. It gives us a superpower. We go faster. We think faster. We know, you know, we know what to do to survive. Fear is a skill. But people don't lean into fear. They try to turn it off. In the modern day, you can. You just say no to things, right? You don't feel fear anymore. It's gone. Mistake. Fear makes you stronger. It is an asset. So those are the traits I see in successful people. I love that, Simon. You have to be a risk taker. You have to know where you're going. You have to be persistent and you just cannot fear fear. I just think that's so powerful. So thank you for touching on that. And Simon, this has been so much fun. I have one more question for you. I would love to dive into the Purposeful Project, uh, just breaking down uh, what you've been creating um, you know, with this newest and latest venture as Chief Purpose Officer, um, how many entrepreneurs you've worked with and you know, what's your vision for the Purposeful Project? So where are you going with this? Yeah, when I started out with this product, I, I, I basically knew there was a lot of people out there that were struggling as entrepreneurs. And I don't know why, because they should, they should have the community of entrepreneurs. I mean, my experience as an entrepreneur is that if you ask me for help, I'll help you. If you need support, I will help you. And most entrepreneurs are like that because we've all had hard times. We all know what it's like. And so, so I, I wanted to build something where people didn't feel alone. And there was a sense that you could come and ask anything and get help and no one was going to judge you and, and any, any question was, was okay. And, and, and so I set about thinking about what that would look like. And then I started thinking about what services we could offer at scale. And our model is we do not charge people for help. It's very important oh. to me that we don't charge people for help because I don't want people to fall into a funnel and get upselled on you know, things. It's, it's about bringing, and it's also about helping, frankly, the poorest in society. And they can't afford a 10,000 pound or 20,000 US dollar course, you know, to learn you know, business. And so I, I wanted people to have access to this knowledge for free. Mm -hmm. So, um, so then, you know, basically one part is building out mentorship at scale. So that's why we interview the world's most successful entrepreneurs and they share how they did it. That is mentorship insight for people and how people started businesses with no money, how they found their co-founder, how they got market share, how they knew they had a good idea, how they found an idea, 
all of these things that people ask every day when it comes to business. So we, 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 we interview those people to get that knowledge into people's hands. And then I'm partnering up. I've got a partnership with uh, TikTok where uh, basically you go, can go on TikTok and you hashtag be your own boss and you enter into a feed where um, we have 12 of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world willing to give you free mentorship. Um, you can get 5,000 pounds, 10,000 US dollars roughly in cash. You can get marketing from my platform. You can get marketing from TikTok. We've got QuickBooks into it so they can also market you um, and support you and give you free accounts and so on. So we built this incredible ecosystem on top of an incredible ecosystem with the idea of helping an incredible ecosystem um, entrepreneurs. So, so that's where we're at today and we're just getting started. We're running 12 months in. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we can uh, really scale this up and, and, and somewhat replace education with what we're doing and give people an entrepreneurial education that they're not presently getting in school today. Love that because it's so full circle, Simon. You feel like personally you really weren't um, you know, treated well as an entrepreneur growing up with school. So you're, you're trying to create something stronger for the next generation, uh, something that really works better. So I just really appreciate that. And, um, you know, on a personal level, but also I know there are so many people that are impacted every single day by the work you're doing. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And it means a lot. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, it is full circle. Sometimes you've got to be a bit selfish and do this for selfish reasons. I'm going back to help that 15 year old me because there's still a gap. No one helping people that want to start a business. So, so yeah, there's a selfish reason in doing all this and it's helping that younger me now I can. Of course. Well, Simon, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and schedule, busy schedule to speak with me on the In Their 20s podcast. I'm super excited to share this one. You know, I just love having these people, people like you come on and just share their personal perspective, background, uh, and just keys to success. So there are, again, so many skills that people will be able to take from this interview and, of course, be able to change the world themselves. So thank you. Great. Keep up the good work. I love what you're doing as well. Thank good you, Simon. Good.